Thank you, Gary and Jane, uh, for having me here again this morning. So good to see you, church. I trust you're doing well. Uh, As Gary said, uh, I'm married to Sharon, and together we have the great privilege of uh, leading and serving Hope Church, and uh, excited about that. And uh, oh, God bless you, Jane. And uh, if you are new or visiting this morning, and and maybe you haven't met myself, or um, you're not familiar with the journey that uh, Infused Church is on, uh, we're on a journey of... uh, of coming together as uh, one church in multiple locations and uh, we're walking a journey with Infused Church right now and uh, I just want to just bring you an update on that and just encourage you around it. You know, um, in, in coming together, it's a slow and steady wins the race and uh, we're not, it's not a uh, shotgun wedding. Um, it's not, we, we haven't eloped. Okay, um, and so sometimes what can happen is that when you start a journey, and, and you guys have, sometimes it can be that, you know, what's going to happen, and we're excited for the future, and, and when's it going to unfold, and just like any good marriage, it starts with courting, and it starts with an engagement, and during the engagement phase, and I know this because my daughter is engaged to be married in April, there's the pre-marriage counselling stage, and making sure that you're prepared well for marriage. And it's no different. I see it exactly the same in two churches walking together to become one. There's that engagement phase where you, you're doing your pre-marriage counselling. You're, you're preparing yourself and getting everything ready so that the marriage is fruitful and that the marriage lasts. Amen? And so that's the stage that we're in. Uh, and so uh, I just want to keep encouraging you around that, that slow and steady wins the race. We've got a great future ahead of us. We want to do things well and we want to do things right. And so we're preparing ourselves behind the scenes for that. And this Tuesday, in fact, uh, our board has got a, uh, a, a meeting and we've got a, a gentleman uh, that we've engaged. His name's Roger Head. And um, he, he's got a lot of experience in uh, governance and finance with not-for-profits and uh, is also uh, worked on a church staff for many years as uh, the COO, if you like. So he's not a pastor, but he's, he's, a, he, he's a, a man that loves God, and uh, he's very skilled in those areas. And he works with a lot of churches and a lot of church boards to help ensure good governance and good structures and good finance. And so he's been, we engaged him uh, to look at what we're doing, and uh, he's meeting with us on Tuesday night to bring the first round of recommendations around structures, around how this could all look going forward forward and also to look at the financial side of of who we are and so we really take that seriously and so we're just stepping things through because we want to do it right and who knows that uh, sometimes in life we can be impatient and oftentimes when we get impatient and we just sort of run at things without thinking it through or without uh, processing it through sometimes we can regret those moments anyone right, just me. So I understand that in the life of a church, there there can be excitement about what the future will look like, but we really want to make sure that our future is bright, secure, and stable. And so we're just going to keep processing it through, but good things are coming, and we're excited for what God's doing. Amen? Hey, uh, if you are free, if you serve in the life of the church and you're free to come down this afternoon, I encourage you to do it. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. We're just going to be together as a family and just enjoy some time thanking all those who serve in the life of the church. So please know that you are most welcome, whether you can come for an hour or for three, you are most welcome to join us and it's going to be a great time this afternoon. Awesome. I don't know if we've, have we got a graphic here, uh, Aaron, for my preach today? There it is. Take another look. Take another look. Have you ever stopped and taken another look? Maybe it's at something in your life. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a a career path. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's just a situation or a circumstance where you've actually stopped and gone, you know what, I'm going to take another look. And this morning, I want us to take another look at the Holy Spirit. I want us to take another look this morning at the Holy Spirit. I wonder if you've ever said this, who am I? Now, maybe you haven't said it out loud. But maybe you've said it in your heart of hearts. You've asked yourself that question, who am I? What is it? It's the question of our identity. What are we saying? Who am I? What am I about? God, who have you created me to be? And we all know, and I'm sure we as Christians, we understand that knowing who we are in Christ, our identity is so crucial to the life that we're going to live in following Christ and following him from a position of who he says that we are, not through the lens of of, at times, how we think we are. Because who knows that sometimes we uh, don't see ourselves correctly. Who knows that sometimes we don't see ourselves as Christ would see us, but we see ourselves through our failings. We see ourselves through our mistakes. 
We see ourselves through the regrets and go, oh man, that moment. And we've all got them. Sharon and I, um, we sold it, the very first house we ever built, when we sold it, um, we, we look back on that and go, why did we ever sell that house? And I'm sure in this room today, everyone's got one of those stories, ah, because it wasn't long after selling that house that the, uh, one of the, the 2003 um, housing boom took place, and I think we sold in 2002, and then in 2003, properties pretty much doubled. Why did we sell that? We all have those, don't we? Those regrets, we have those moments, we look back. So, so if we're not careful, if we just look through our own experience, we can, we can sometimes see life and see ourselves incorrectly. We don't see ourselves as Christ sees us. So our identity in Christ is crucial. Knowing not just who we are, but whose we are. Sons and daughters. We're sons and daughters. Everyone in this room today, we might fulfill different functions in the life of this church, but we are all sons and daughters this morning, every single one of us. There's no hierarchy. There's no level. We are sons and daughters of the King. And to know who we are and whose we are is important. I love in First Peter 2, chapter 9, talking about, you know, the, the, the Jewish nation and talking about who they were, but who they are, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. That's you and I. We are his chosen generation. We are a royal, in Christ, we are a royal priesthood. We are royalty. We are part of the royal family. Isn't that cool? We're a holy nation. We're his own special people, sons and daughters of the King of Kings and of the Lord of Lords. So personally, knowing who we are in Christ is crucial. But you know what? As a church, who are we? When we come together as the body of Christ, the same question, who are we? And this morning, I just want to take a moment to really take another look at who we are as the Pentecostal church. Because that's who we are this morning. You may not know, you just go, I just come to church. But, you know, if you're a part of this church, if you're a part of uh, the Australian Christian churches, we are a Pentecostal movement. And you might go, Josh, what on earth does that mean? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because sometimes we have unusual words and I think if you're new or visiting here today and you've just come to church, you're just like, Penty who? Like, what even is that? And, and it's a really good question and, and I don't expect you to fully get your head around it. But let me help you understand this morning. We're going to take another look. Because a Pentecostal church, really, we take our name from what took place in Acts chapter 2 when the Spirit of God poured out on 120 believers in a room. The Spirit of God breathed on these followers, on these disciples, and we believe as Pentecostals, as a Pentecostal church, that that same experience that took place in the book of Acts chapter 2, that when they were baptized, when these 120 people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, as Pentecostals, we believe in that same experience of the Holy Spirit indwelling our lives, the Holy Spirit pouring out upon us. And so, For a Pentecostal church, you go, well, what makes us different to any other church? Well, we believe in the outpouring of the Spirit. We believe in spiritual gifts. We believe in miracles. Three of us do anyway. We believe that God is still a God who heals today. We still believe in the the gifts of the Spirit of prophecy and other supernatural manifests. We believe that every single one of you here today as followers of Jesus Christ have spiritual gifts that God has impregnated into your spirit, that, the, that, that it's not just the people who take the platform that have something to give, but every single one of us from the front to the back to the kids out in kids' church this morning, they are blessed and bestowed upon them spiritual gifts from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That within us, we all have something of this presence and the Spirit of God that we carry so that we can impact a world that doesn't know Jesus. We all carry it. We all carry it. So as Pentecostals, that's what we believe. We believe, as 1 Corinthians 12 will talk about, about spiritual gifts. You know, another hallmark of a Pentecostal church is praise and worship. We believe in, in singing and worshipping and getting on our knees. What we did this morning, Haley, wherever, uh, not Haley, Kate, wherever you are, beautiful time of worship this morning. That is the whole, what we've done this morning. You go, well, why do we sing? Because we believe in giving honour, glory and worship to our God. Honour, glory and worship to our God. That's why we do it. We don't do it to, to fill in the first 20 minutes of the service and warm you up. 
Some people, some pastors go, yeah, we do it to wait for you all to arrive, uh, but not here. Not here. Just at my church down the hill. Um, but we praise and worship God before we come to the communion and before we come uh, to the preaching of the word. Why? Because through worship, our hearts and our spirits are opened up. You see, we are made body, soul, and spirit. Right? So we don't just come to church in body, but we are body, soul, and spirit. When we worship, there is a spiritual connection. Our spirit, small s, the Holy Spirit, big S, the Spirit of God. You know, someone might say, oh, I can feel God's presence here this morning. Often it might not be a tangible body thing. They're talking about their spirit. There's a stirring and a leaping. There's something going on in my spirit as I worship God. Why? Because we believe that as we come together and we worship and we take our eyes and our lips off our own circumstance and we place our eyes, our lips and our focus and our attention on him, our God, Something stirs in us because something comes alive in our spirit. We are body, soul, and spirit, church. And that's why I want us to take another look today at who we are as Pentecostals. I want to take another look at the Holy Spirit. Do you know that the most, uh, an article, and I know you would read this magazine, uh, the Homiletic and Pastoral Review. (laughs) You're all subscribing to this, aren't you? Lisa, you'd have this at home? Yeah, I thought so. And so I know you've read it, but just in case you forgot about the article, um, it is actually America's when it, it, a foremost uh, pastoral publication. So when it comes to pastoral matters, it's actually the number one uh, website, number one review in America, just in case you wondered. So all go and sign up to that. But it, there was an article there that I was reading talking about the explosive growth of Pentecostal charismatic Christianity. And uh, Philip Jenkins in there is painting this picture, and and this is what he says, in Christian terms, the late 20th century will probably be known as the era of the Pentecostal explosion. From less than 6% in the mid-1970s, Pentecostals finished the 20th century representing uh, 20% of world Christianity, and it's continuing to grow. By 1992, numbers of Pentecostals and Charismatics had grown to over 410 million and now comprises, and this article is some 10 years old, 25% of world Christianity. The fastest growing movement, the fastest growing expression of Christianity on the face of the planet today is the Pentecostal charismatic movement. People are being saved in the hundreds and thousands around the globe. What, unfortunately, we live in Western culture, and who knows that our Western culture is a little comfortable. Our Western culture is a little comfortable. So we're not, we read this and we go, wow, isn't that awesome? We might not be seeing it in our Western culture, but you need to know that around the world, in many other nations, there is revival breaking out right now. There are hundreds and thousands of people every day giving their hearts to Jesus. That is what we're part of. And I still believe, and that's, I hold it in my heart, I still believe the prophetic word across our nation that we will be the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. We will be. We may not have seen it yet, but I believe before Jesus Christ comes back, there is going to be a breath of the Spirit of God across our nation like we've never seen before. Until that happens, church, we've just got to keep being faithful. We've got to keep preaching the gospel. We've got to keep being the church. We've got to keep the fire alive in us. We've got to keep the Spirit of God alive because I want to encourage you this morning. Don't get dejected or disappointed because you go, it's happening everywhere. Why isn't it not happening here? We just need to keep going. We just need to keep being faithful, keep doing good. Because in due season, at the right and opportune time, God will be faithful to his promise. We will. I believe we will see an outpouring of his spirit. I believe our nation may just need to see some hard times first. We may just need to see some more difficult times before people will actually get on their knees and cry out to him and go, we need you. We need you. Now, I'm not prophesying doom this morning. It's not who I am. So I'm not prophesying, you know, that we're about to have an apocalypse or anything like that. But I do believe that we are a comfortable Western nation. And until we get a little bit more desperate for God, until we just get a little bit more desperate for God, it's coming. I can see it coming in the name of Jesus. I'm excited for that. So I guess what I'm trying to say, though, is that we, we should be excited about who we are. The Pentecostal church, we shouldn't apologize for who. We believe in the outpouring of the Spirit. We're pr- I'm proud to be a Pentecostal pastor. Why? Because I recognize that without the breath of heaven, without the Holy Spirit, without God stirring something in us, there's nothing much that we can do. But with Him, all things, all things 
are possible. Amen? Have you ever heard of William Booth? Thought you might have. Be honest here this morning. Give me a wave if you have no idea who I'm talking about when I say the name William Booth. Thank you for your honesty, a few people. Okay. Have you ever heard of the Salvation Army? William Booth. There you go. Join the dots. Because English Methodist preacher William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he was once asked this question. What is the greatest threat to Christianity? The greatest threat to Christianity. And this was his answer. In answer to your inquiry, I consider that the chief dangers that confront the coming century will be religion without the Holy Spirit, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God. Have you noticed our nation lately? And heaven without hell. And you might go, what? That's crazy. There are, there are preachers on our, in, in our world right now who have totally changed their theology and, and, and are saying that there's no hell. So we read that and go, oh, that's, it's happening. This is what I want to do this morning. This is what I believe God is doing in me and what I'm wanting to bring here this morning is that I just believe sometimes we need a little bit of a stirring. Amen? We need a jolt. We need a wake up. And when I read that, and when I reflect on that, I don't know, it stirs something in me and I think sometimes we just need a little reminder that we can't just coast along. We can't just keep doing the same things, going along, unaware, desensitized, putting our head in the sand, ignoring what's going on in culture around us and just, just being totally desensitized to spiritual things. I believe that God is wanting to wake us up. You know, for the last three days in Melbourne, there's been a, a gathering called The Awakening. I don't know if you've known, some of you I think may have watched that on uh, live stream. As um, I think 20,000, 30,000 people, I'm not exactly sure, have taken over Etihad Stadium in Melbourne where they play football. And there's been three days of prayer, worship and stirring people to awaken and see the Spirit of God awaken within them and win a nation to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And I believe we, can't, we might not be in Melbourne today, but we're here together. And I believe that the same Spirit of God that is stirring hearts over there can stir us this morning, can awaken something in us this morning that we just don't coast along and become desensitized, but something in our spirit would step up, that we would pay attention, that there would be a stirring afresh in us. You know, I believe what we pay attention to grows, right? Whatever you focus on will, will, will develop in your thinking and it will become bigger and it will take a priority. You know, it's like when you decide you want to get a new car. And you start researching. And you start researching that car. And who's noticed that the moment you start researching that car, what do you see on every road that you travel? That car. Prior to that, you never saw that car. But now that you've focused on it, now that you're going, you know what, I think I want that car, all of a sudden, everyone's driving that car. And, and then it becomes, oh, it must be a sign. There it is again. There it is again. No, it's just that that car was always there, but you weren't tuned in. What we give attention to will grow. When we tune in to what the Spirit is saying, when we tune in and take another look at the Holy Spirit, it, it's a surprising and amazing what we begin to see and what we begin to hear in the realm of the Spirit. You know, I've been really stirred in recent times and I'm continually to be stirred now around the prophetic. You know, uh, this week with some of the leaders here, we did some we did a spiritual gift survey and that's a big part of who we are as a church, helping people understand their spiritual gifts, the way God's wired them. And one of my spiritual gifts that comes up is prophecy. But I've recognized that there are times when it seems to be dormant in my life. So the spiritual gift might be there, but maybe it's not activated. So what am I doing right now? Because I look at that and I go, why is it not activated? It's not God. It's not that God's turned off the tap and gone, you know what, Josh, I don't want you to have that right now. God is a God who gives gifts to his children. God hasn't turned off the tap. And what I recognized is that I need to give attention 
to that gift. I need to develop that gift. I need to focus. So right now, I've gone to Kurong and I bought two really good books on stirring the prophetic, training books. I'm, I'm watching podcasts, at the, uh, listening to podcasts and watching on YouTube. I began to, there's a guy called Chris Vallotton from Bethel Church who's, who's extremely prophetic and he does a prophetic training school. I'm online watching all of his trainings, right? Uh, I don't have to fly to Bethel to watch it. He's, he's got it all on YouTube for me. So I, right now, I've given, I'm sitting under prophetic training. Why? Because I recognize that that gift is dormant and if I want it to come alive, I need to give attention to it. And as I give attention to it, I am absolutely in faith that God is going to stir afresh in me the prophetic again. You know, following Jesus, let's be honest, following Jesus requires a whole lot of things way above what you and I have. Have you noticed that? Come on, it's honesty hour this morning. Following after Christ, following Jesus, requires a lot more than what I've got as Josh. I need God's presence. I need God. Do you need God this morning? I need God to show up. I need him. In our own abilities, we're powerless to accomplish all that God's called us to accomplish. But the great thing is, the great promise of Scripture that we read about is that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. And he promised to supernaturally supply to you and I the very help that we need to live the life that he's called us to to live. That he would supernaturally supply to you and I all that we need to step into and exercise and see activated in our lives the spiritual gifts that he's given us. You see, when God says, hey, here's a spiritual gift for your life, he doesn't go, there you go, good luck with that. It would be like an irresponsible parent going, what, you've got your license? Cool, there's the keys, knock yourself out. No, no, you'd never do that. That's ludicrous. But God promises to give you everything you need, the user manual, the training, the support, the direct. He'll give you everything you need to operate within what he's put in your life. We just need to give attention to it. We need the Holy Spirit. John 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I wonder this morning if there's any thirsty Christians. Anyone a bit parched this morning? It's a serious question I ask. Are we truly thirsty? Are we, with, with our experience so far, are we really satisfied? Or are we thirsty for more? Is there, is there a thirst? You know what, the world's not giving it to me. My job's not giving to it. As great as my relationships are, I'm still thirsty. Thirsty. Jesus says, let anyone who's thirsty, what did he say? Come to me. Come to me. If you're thirsty, come to me. You see, focus. If you're thirsty this morning for something more of God, I, wanna, I wonder who you're coming to. Because Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me. Come, to, come into my presence. Come to me. And what does he say? And drink. Come to me and drink. Verse 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers, not some little creek bed, not some little trickle, but rivers of living water will flow from within them. It will flow like a, a river. I stop on that because do you get the picture of what what is being promised to us here? That if we come to Jesus, we come to him and we drink, he says, what will flow is not some little stream, some little creek, some little dribble out of the hose into the back. There will be rivers of living water. I don't know about you. Have you ever been? I'm from New Zealand and and I, I... my uh, uncle and auntie live in a place called Turangi, which is just near a place called Taupo, where you do all the what's it, bungee jumping and, and white water rafting. And I know my brother here knows what I'm talking about. And, and we, went, um, we were there many years ago, and we decided to go swimming through that area. Uh, I tell you, when you, get, when you get in a river that's flowing, it's going to carry you away. It doesn't, matter what, it doesn't matter what you do. When there is a river flowing like Jesus is talking about here, you are going to get carried away. 
I just think Jesus wants you and I to get carried away with his presence. I just think the Holy Spirit's looking for us to jump in and go, you know what? Why are you striving so hard to get from here to here? Just allow the river of my living water, just allow my presence to envelop you and it will carry you and take you and give you all that you need. Verse 39 gives us some context to what he's talking about because Jesus talks about a river of living water. Verse 39, by this he meant the Spirit. Big S. By this he meant the Spirit. So he's giving a, a picture of the Holy Spirit flow. When we're in the flow of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to make it happen, church. We don't have to strive. Oh, I need a word, I need a word. Rivers will flow. Rivers will flow. Oh, I, I just got small group this week and I just don't, what could I possibly share? Rivers will flow. It won't be a case of what I share, it's what I don't share. Because there's a river flowing. A river flowing. And Jesus simply said, if you're thirsty, just come to me. I wonder this morning, church, when was the last time we truly came into God's presence, came to his feet like Mary? Let go of all the Martha distractions. Martha gets a raw deal. Martha, we need Marthas. But just in that moment, Jesus was saying, hey, Martha, you're distracted. Just one thing's needed. Just come and sit at my feet. Be in my presence. There were still things to be done, but Jesus was just getting a priority order right with her. He's like, before you go and do, just come and be. Just come and allow the river to flow. Then the river is just, will be there to empower all of your doing. But where do we start? We start at his feet, church. When was the last time you and I were genuinely thirsty and we came into God's presence and we just, all we want is Jesus? We're not looking for position. We're not looking for opportunity. We're not looking for the next buzz, the next thing. We just want to be in his presence. I don't know about you, but I want to open up. I just feel like there's some cloggy valves. Because sometimes what stops the flow of the river? A build-up of debris. You know, a blockage doesn't happen overnight. A blockage doesn't happen between now and dinner time. But you think about the Murray River and you think about any river that's flowing. What could cause that river to stop flowing is over a course of time, debris builds up. Disappointment. Failure. Unanswered prayer. Didn't see what I thought I was going to see. And what happens is over time, those, that's all debris, isn't it? And it builds up in our life. And so the flow doesn't stop in a moment, but bit by bit. Month by month, year after year, experience after experience, good, bad, bad and indifferent, what can happen is debris can build up and before we know it, what was meant to be a river flow is now just a trickle and we're not thirsty anymore. I just believe this morning what the Holy Spirit wants to do and what we're going to see happen in a moment. We're just going to have a time of worship and prayer again because I believe that there's some clearing that the Holy Spirit wants to do today. He wants to clear some debris. We all have it. I have it. And I am hungry and thirsty for more. For more. But here's the thing. I can sit back and I can wait for God to show up or I can take John seven thirty seven and I can go, you know what, am I thirsty? Yeah, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm not waiting any longer. I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming to you, Jesus. I'm on my way. Here I come. Ready or not. I'm coming to Jesus. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. You know, here's the the reality. Anyone who thirsts could come to him. Anyone. There is no limitation. There is no discrimination. There is no pecking order. Simply what this passage is teaching us is that anyone who thirsts could come. I find the use of words interesting. Anyone who thirsts could come. It doesn't say that they will come. It says that they could come. 
Yeah, someone over here said it. Choice. What's our choice today? Are we going to be in the will come or the uh, could? I could. I know I could. I'll ponder that. Get back to you. Or are we going to be a people who understand that if we're thirsty, this is where I'm going. I will. I will. I will. I will. Anyone who thirsts could come to him and drink. Here's the other thing I learned about this passage. Jesus quenches every thirst. I know there's thirsty people in here this morning, and we may all be thirsty for something different. Some of you are thirsty for a broken relationship to be mended. Some of you are thirsty this morning for a breakthrough in a financial difficulty. Some of you are thirsty this morning for your children to be in love with Jesus. Some of you are thirsty this morning for an answer to a prayer. Some of you are thirsty this morning for a touch of God upon a physical condition. We're thirsty. What this teaches me is that Jesus quenches our thirst. Jesus does. The world can't do it. We throw ourselves into so many things. We throw ourselves into relationships. Don't get me wrong, relationships are important. God created us that way. But there is one relationship that is above all other relationships. And it's our relationship with God. That is the primary number one relationship that we need to throw ourselves into because it's Jesus who quenches our every thirst. You know, there's some of you, I sense in the spirit today, there are some of you here and you are thirsty and you have been looking to drink, but you've been taking your cup to all the wrong places. Well, this morning, I've got good news for you. I sense God's presence here. Two or three are gathered. There he is in our midst. I know that God's here. I know the Holy I know his presence is here this morning. And he wants to he wants to fill your thirst. Maybe if the team could join me, that'd be great. Jesus quenches every thirst. Jesus is knowledge to the thirsty mind this morning. You need answers, you need clarity, you need direction. Jesus is knowledge to the thirsty mind. You want to understand what he's saying about your next step. You're wanting direction. You need to make a major decision this morning. You've got choices and decisions to make and you're confused. Jesus is knowledge to the thirsty mind. Jesus is love to the thirsty heart. People here today, you're lonely. Your heart's broken over loss. You're grieving. Jesus is love to the thirsty heart. He can mend that brokenness. He can fill that gap. Because he, there is a love that only God can bring. Because God is love. God is the definition of love. Love's not that feeling that you had when you looked at your wife for the first time. I mean, that's good. But God is love. God is the definition of love. And Jesus is love to the thirsty heart. Jesus is peace to the thirsty conscience. There are things weighing on your mind this morning. For some of you, there are regrets, there are doubts, there's fears. There's things that are weighing down. People around you wouldn't even know. You haven't even shared it with even the closest person to you. But you're carrying things in your thinking even now. The promise of Jesus is that, and his presence, and the promise of the Holy Spirit, sorry, is that the Holy Spirit is peace to the thirsty conscience. To those thoughts and the things that are racking your mind, that are going over. He is peace this morning. He is peace to those areas. And he is holiness to the thirsty spirit. Purity, holiness. We're made right because of Jesus Christ. We're not made right because of our right doing. We are made right because of our right believing and casting our cares and putting our trust in him. Are you thirsty this morning? I wonder if you're thirsty. I wonder this morning if you're ready to drink. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is drawing us as a church to drink again to be thirsty for his presence, 
knowing this, that when we come to him, there will be a flow, a powerful flow, a life-giving flow, rivers. It doesn't even say river. Rivers. Abundance. Overflow. More than you could ask, dream, or imagine. Rivers. Rivers. It's time to get thirsty, church. I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning. And I just wonder if we can get thirsty in this place this morning. I wonder if we can just reach out to God in worship. I wonder if we can just take a few moments to not even care how our voice sounds to the person around us, to just cast off all inhibitions, just to cast off all restrictions. Can we get thirsty in the house this morning? Can we get thirsty in the house this morning? Come on, let's do that. Come on, let's, let's get thirsty this morning. Come on, let's just push through here this morning. Let's just begin to raise our voices. Let's just begin to push through. Come on, I see rivers this morning. Rivers of living water beginning to flow. I see blockages being removed in Jesus' name. Every blockage, all debris gone in the name of Jesus. I see a clear path. I see a new way, a new river. God is establishing new pathways, new rivers this morning in Jesus' name. Come on, let's be stirred this morning. Let's allow our spirits to be stirred afresh. We love you, Jesus. We need you, God. Holy Spirit, would you breathe? Holy Spirit, would you fall afresh upon us this morning? Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would remove every blockage of our hearts. Lord, every blockage in our minds. Lord, everything that we may be holding on to. Lord, that is stopping the flow, the precious, powerful flow of your presence, of your spirit. We give it over to you this morning. We let it go this morning. We pray, Spirit of God, would you just begin to breathe afresh? We want that flow, the precious rivers of living water to flow in Jesus' name. There is no one like you, 
There is none beside. Come on, let's really sing that this morning. Open up our eyes, open up our heart this morning. today that would be stirred to take another look at your presence that would be stirred to take another look at the Holy Spirit the flow of the Holy Spirit that would pay attention and give focus to those things that we want to see grow in our lives that would also give focus to the things that might be holding us back the blockages, the restrictions God we want to leave no stone unturned in having that flow of your presence, the rivers of living water. You know, I just really saw there's some people here this morning and even when it comes to worship and prayer and and those expressions of our relationship with God, that it's an area that you struggle in. And I just saw the shackles coming off. I I just saw some freedom coming. For some of you, you go, oh, well, I'm a bit more of an introvert or it's not my personality, but you know, uh, when, when we come into his presence, it's not personality, it's worship. It's, it's our hearts to his. And, and I just saw some of you this morning that you're going to find in coming weeks in worship and in prayer and in your private time, there's just going to be this bubbling over, a stirring in your spirit. And there's going to be an expression of worship that's new for you, but there's going to be new levels, new paths, new rivers of worship and honor to God. And I can just see that happening. Dean and Lisa, I know Dean's in kids this morning, but I really just believe for you guys, there's a, there's a new season of influence and increase coming where God is actually positioning you guys for a season of influence and increase. And I saw an enlarging and, and on the drive up this morning, I felt like God gave me the picture of, of, of you guys being sharpened. Of what I know of Dean, and and I don't know you that well, Lisa, but what I know of Dean is there's so many different things that he's done in the past and there's so many different things that he's involved with. He's out in kids this morning. He can be on the keyboard. He can preach. He can teach. He's involved. There there are so many things that he's been a part. But I see a sharpening and I see almost like a narrowing and a focus coming where there will just be incredible focus and incredible... uh, influence that will come as the focus narrows to the things that God has stirred in your hearts. Because sometimes we can be scattered so wide with so many different things, but the true influence comes as we narrow and we really strengthen and focus on the on those key things that God has stirred in our heart. And there are things that God has stirred in both yourself, Lisa, and Dean. It's not Dean, it's Dean and Lisa. It's Dean and Lisa. And there's things that God has stirred. And what's going to happen in this next season is there's going to be a narrowing. There's going to be a sharpening. And there's going to be a focusing. And there might be some things that have happened in the past that will be let go of. Not because they're bad things, but because for the next season of fruitfulness, influence, and impact, God's going to bring a real focus. It's almost. It's not going to be, uh, how do I use it? It's not like a, a stubbornness, that's not the right word, but it's almost like that in the sense of we are so clear, we are so focused on what God is stirring in our hearts. And, and as you give yourselves to that, you're going to see incredible influence come from that. Amen? Aaron and Naomi. Getting to know Naomi a little bit. And this is what I've picked up about you in the natural so far, Naomi, is 
You fill gaps. You make stuff happen. And you're someone who cares for others and you're jumping in to make sure everyone else is okay, which is awesome. But this is what I felt for you guys in this season, both of you, Aaron and Naomi. This season is actually going to be about the things that God has put in you, the gifts, the talents, the call of God in you and bringing that to the fore. So easy for you to go around and make sure everyone else is okay, to make sure everyone else is doing good, to make sure that all the gaps are filled. And that is a, that is a great Martha gifting, Naomi. But what I see in this season for you guys is that'll still happen. But God's raising to the fore what's actually in you. And this season is actually about you. What he's going to do in this next season isn't about all those other things, even though you'll do that. But there's going to become a real clarity in you guys about the gifts, the call, because there is a call of God upon your lives. There is more to give. There is more in you. And God's going to bring that to the fore. And in this season, you're also going to get an incredible clarity around the things that he's put in you that he's wanting you to step out into in faith, Aaron and Omi. You're going to step into some new things in this next season. Amen? Do you receive that? It's a season for you, Naomi. It's a season where God wants to bring out the beauty, where God wants to... There is treasure hidden deep within. There's this chest down there, and every now and then, you dare lift the lid and have a look. But you're like, no, I don't have time to do that because everyone else, I've got to make sure everyone else... There is a season where God's saying, I am lifting the lid on that thing, and I want to draw out the deep, rich treasure that is within. I can see it happening in Jesus' name. Peter and Kate. Kate's behind me. Peter's in front of me. I hope, take this the right way. But driving, all of these were things that God stirred on. Is this okay? I know we've gone over time. Can you give me a couple more minutes? Is that all right? Uh, I I saw like a a season where there'd been no fruit on the tree. You just feel like this tree's there, it's planted, but it's barren. Barren tree. You need to go home and read John chapter 15. Because John chapter 15 talks about the tree, that the branch has been connected to the life, to Jesus, to being connected. And in this season, even though there's been barrenness, you've, you've stayed connected. You've kept yourself connected to the life source. And what I saw is I saw for both of you, and I saw it so powerfully, there is a season of incredible fruitfulness in front of you. There really is. And the reason why is because when you could have un- unconnected yourself, when you could have plucked up and gone, you know what, no fruit, maybe... Maybe we just need to stop doing this. No, but because you chose to stay planted and just to hang in there, you've positioned yourself for a season of fruitfulness. In John chapter 15, it talks about not just a little bit of fruit, but it talks about much fruit, and it also talks about lasting fruit. Peter and Kate, I I see that so strongly for you guys, that you're coming into a season of fruitfulness where there's been things deep in there. There's been frustrations. But there's coming a fruitfulness, Peter. There's coming a fruit. I see it. I see that tree that was one. I saw it with my mind's eye. I saw this barren tree and then all of a sudden there was just new life, green shoots, fruit. And it's not like it happens all at once. It's not like a poof. But there's just a shoot. Shoot here, a shoot there. Life here, life there. And before you know it, this tree is fruitful. And it's providing. And it's impacting. I see fruitfulness coming. I see it coming. Luke and Haley. Luke and Haley are behind me too. I know this sounds quite generic, but the word I got for you guys is more. There is so much more that God wants to draw out of you guys. There are things within you, and and I think this church is even going to be surprised at the more that's in you. They may think, oh yeah, we've got Luke and Haley. They don't know what's in here. I'm telling you now, this church has not seen the depths of what's actually in you and what what stirs in your heart. There are things that maybe you haven't even shared with your pastors, not because of secrets, but you haven't known how to art. There is more in you, Haley and Luke. There is so much more. And I see, I get weird pictures when the prophetic flows for me. I saw a kettle. (laughs) Who knows that when you pour water into the kettle again, you turn it on, what happens? Nothing. Nothing to start with, but who knows that if you're patient, the water starts to what? Bubble. And if you've got one of those, remember the old kettles that whistle? I see you guys like a whistling kettle. The church is going to know that something's going on. There's going to be an overflow because what's going to happen is it's not just going to be like, okay, is it bubbling yet? There's going to be a whistle 
that is going to come from your worship. There is going to be a whistle that comes from your leadership, that comes from deep within. And, and it's going to be very clear. There's going to be a sound in this house. There is going to be a sound of worship because there's going to be a whistle. And I see that, you, again, the kettle's on. The good news is the kettle's on. It's bubbling up. There's more in you. There's more to you and there's more in you. And in this next season, God is going to draw it out. My encouragement to you is run and don't grow weary. Don't be limited. Don't be limited by people's opinions. Don't be limited like, oh, we liked, it. We liked you better back then. When the children of Israel crossed over, some of them wanted to go back as well. Don't worry. There's plenty of people who want to go forward. And don't let anyone's opinions, don't let anyone's thoughts hold you back because there's going to be a bubbling that's going to come and there's going to be an overflow and you're not going to be able to contain it. So don't even try. Run with it. Let the presence of God and let the breath of God overflow. Amen? Can we all raise our hands towards heaven in this room this morning? I'm going to pray and hand back. Lord, we thank you for the word of God this morning. Lord, we thank you for each gift and talent, each person here, young and old. God, I just pray that you would stir in us, Lord, afresh spiritual gifts. Lord, stir the prophetic in this house. Lord, stir the gift of healing. Lord, the gift of teaching. Lord, stir hospitality in this house. Lord, we just pray that you would stir the gifts, the gift of evangelism. Lord, may it rise up in this house. Lord, the gift of helps, the gift of serving. Lord, the gifts of interpretation. Lord, the gifts of discernment. God, we're hungry to see your gifts that are within us begin to take shape and be expressed, to see the body of Christ edified, to see the body of Christ lifted up. And so, God, we pray right across Infused Church, right across Hope Church, God, in this season, would there just be a stirring and a rising of the spiritual gifts that are within us? Lord, for one reason only, to build, to edify the church. Lord, that we may reach more people. Lord, that we may see more of your life and your fruitfulness through our ministry, we pray. God, I pray that over every person here this morning, stir up within them spiritual gifts. Stir up with them a desire for more of you. God, I pray we don't get content. God, I pray that we don't get to a point of comfort. But God, we're going to be a church on fire. We're going to be a church, Lord, that's in the river. We're going to be a church that's in the flow. And we're going to be a church that steps into our giftings. And Lord, we're going to be obedient and we're going to use our spiritual gifts for the building and the edifying of your church. God, this is your church. You're building it, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can we give him praise this morning? Great word, great word. Just encourage you all, maybe uh, download the message again on iTunes and get it into your spirit and and, uh, let God just speak to that hunger and that thirst that's uh, there within us all. Can we give Josh uh, a great hand for that word? Just a great word. Really appreciate it. Good word in season. Well, you're about to hit your greatest area of effective ministry, the place that God has placed you in your street, in your home, in your workplace. And my encouragement to you is just let God flow. Let that river just flow. You know, just let it flow in the, in the community. Wherever you are, let the river flow. Have an incredible week. God bless you all.